You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, welcome to the Screener Squad. My name is Chad. Today I have Rose, Lewayne, and Matt. Hey. What's up? How you guys doing? Eh. How you feeling? Eh. Yeah. You feeling you feeling like uh moving out to the middle of the desert? Just uh getting away <laughs> from it all? Just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. As a point of order, I I do in fact always want to go live the life of a uh, 50s housewife in an Airstream trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about a movie called Monstrous. It's directed by Chris Siverston and written by Carol Crest. Stars Christina Ricci and that was basically the reason why I signed up for Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. I've yeah. I had a crush on her since I was a kid, and I've always just liked the stuff she did. We all remember her as Wednesday and from Casper, but then she actually did the impossible. Well, it's not impossible, but, you know, it, it's very rare. Child actors go through a lot of shit, and, you know, you end up with parents either stealing your money or putting you in a conservatorship or... You just turn out to be ugly. Yeah. There's there's 101 things that we've seen child actors turn into. So it's cool to see Christina Ricci still freaking kicking it. Basically, the story of Monstrous is Laura and her son, Cody. They move from Arizona. There was some issues with a father and they move into this house. It's next to this weird pond. Cody keeps seeing things. There's weird things going on. It's all it's all weird. And it takes a long time to get anywhere. It's a really slow burn. I personally enjoyed it. Like, it's not perfect, but I didn't mind it. It was cool once you sort of got into it. But I don't know. What did you guys think? I was honestly getting kind of bored with it until they showed you a little bit more of what was going on. There's one moment in it where they just kind of ripped that wide open. And it's like, wait, 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 what? What? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, other than that, leading up to that moment, I was like, man, this because it's just one sequence after another of her going to work and or dropping the kid off and then spooky thing happens both of them look scared and then cut to the next day where they do it all again it's just like four or five times in a row and it's like all right eh." fairly early on i started playing the game that i play with a lot of these movies which is creature or crazy (laughs) because this is set up like a lot of them right Mm -hmm. there's a potential threat and in this case you have a kid that is talking to someone or something, which rarely bodes well in movies like this. And so I spent a lot of time wondering which way it was going to go. And because it's sort of a period piece, there were occasional anomalies in it that I wondered, was this just an error in the filmmaking? But no, it's actually part of the conceit of the film later, 
that I don't want to get into because somebody's probably going to watch this movie. Weirdly, one of the most shocking things for me watching this was discovering that the cranky old woman who's, you know, the the wife of the landlord, Mrs. Langtree, is Yvette, the maid from Clue. What? And I was like, oh, that, was haunt, that was haunting me. And I had to, I, I was like, what is bugging me about her? Nope. And I had to look it up. I had to oh look it up. God. So I was actually focused for a while on why do I know her instead of what was going on. So I never really got bored, but I was kind of waiting for the shoe to finally drop because I know it's just hanging there on the edge of the toe waiting to drop off. Yeah. And there is a very compelling thing going on once you realize what's going on it's like oh yeah this this does make for an interesting story and the way they're setting this up with kind of the overlay of things that are going on um it it's all right i just think it was a little undercooked in the execution one of my personal um wow that had really good sound design Uh uh-huh you know kind of damning with faint Mm -hmm. praise things is is that uh I'm going to say it here is this would have been a good outer limits. Yeah. Yes. This, this wasn't a feature. This didn't have feature legs. It's our fault as a society for ruining the exhibition of shorts. <laughs> I love shorts. I agree. Yeah, same. I'm not going to say that like, I expect more from Christina Ricci. Cause she was in cursed, right? She's been in some uneven movies, but either she gracelessly took all the money that they had to star in this or she was doing it like as a favor for a friend or something, or she, she just was really enamored with the script. I don't know, but she's, um, do not be fooled by the fact that she's in this. This is not a, the, the sort of production that is usually built around her. Right. Yeah. I got that vibe too. There's particular, like there's some effects shortfalls and stuff that are like, I mean, it's not as good as Bloodborne, you know, <laughs> and and that's that's a problem in something in, in this day and age, right? You can't get away with the early aughts sci-fi channel level CGI as, as, as much anymore. Although they do, they do work for some atmosphere here and they do try to keep, you know, they don't light the dog pen to put it in dog, John Carpenter terms. So, so they do what they can with what they had. The idea is good. I had trouble with the kid. Yeah. I was working on a, just a whole suite of puns about, you know, Baba, Baba Duke this, Baba Duke that, because he's that. They're going for that stressfully annoying kid. And also like, okay, let's, just to talk about a trope for a minute. What the fuck's wrong with all these kids? in what context well like when i was 10 i knew like if i saw a hollow-eyed shadow man in the closet or whatever right i knew i had two options right get the hell away from it or shut up about it and don't tell my parents because they're just gonna go that's not real and yell at me right right like i definitely would not start mumbling at the table like a kid four years younger and be like the closet lady says i don't have to go to the park you know, and, and they all like, like nobody, like when you're 10 years old, you're old enough to walk up to your mom and go, look, I saw some shit in my room. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't, you don't go, Hey, Mr. Mr. Bre- broken back, spooky, twitchy ghost man that possesses my toy clown, which why do I even have that? <laughs> do you want to play checkers? One of the things though, and, and this isn't even meant to, de- to defend against your argument. 
But part of that can also sort of be written off to the conceit of this film when we get to the end, too, because yeah. of the reality that we're dealing with. But no, you're right. Many of the the most recent really awesome horror movies have, for me, been ruined by the behavior of the children. And it, it always feels kind of strange to, you know, dunk on the kids because they are kids. Sure. So it's not yeah. really their fault that they're not the greatest actors sometimes. Really, you got to point the finger at the casting director or the director at themselves, whoever's usually in charge. Be like, hey... Uh, was this like your neighbor's kid or something you had promised a favor to? Like, why, why this? Sometimes you're lucky enough for a kid to even memorize most or even part of the script, mm -hmm. you know? One of my favorite fictional kids is Riley Freeman from the Boondocks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I realize they have the luxury of not having, they didn't have to find a kid and then have a kid read those lines, you know, I, I, um, it's a, a female voice actor, I think, like uh, Bart Simpson. Yeah, it's Regina King. Yeah, Regina King does both the kids. Yeah, but like when, he, when he's like, man, if R. Kelly tried to pee on me, I'd move. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, where, where, is, where is that kid in a horror movie? Dear and, Santa. And yeah. <laughs> the problem with that kid in a horror movie is when they put that kid in a horror movie, he's either too cool and he's a bully or he's they age him up and he's the junior high aged version of the horror nerd that is the director <laughs> yeah then you get the genre savvy guy like the um you know the the kid that's interested in horror himself and googles what the monster does but uh i don't know i i just um there's just a lot of slipshod stuff here there's a lot of repetition here there's a couple of performances that are actually like drag you out the core, the parts that happen in the bottle with, with the mother, child and monster like that stuff works pretty well. Although several times they go through like what's the Robert Rodriguez thing. You should never do something more than three times and you should change the last one. Yeah. They go through several times. This just like you said, the sequence where they go through their day and the same petty things happen and then something happens and before it is resolved there is a smash cut to someone waking up and after a while you're just like oh, bro wake him up before you start the camera you know <laughs> i think you're right matt i think it should have been a short or part of an episodic series anthology it, piece something yeah. yeah they needed to do all that because how else are you going to build tension for a freaking 88 minute movie yeah, there's there's, tw there's so twenty there's twenty in the middle here that could be a five minute montage. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think Christina did the best she could. I I, I liked that she got to play two different people essentially because mm -hmm. it, it it did feel weird having her be like happy homemaker, Christina Ricci. But by the third act, you get like sassy. You know, that's that's the one I remember. Um, you know, smoking a cigarette. She's always smoking a cigarette when she's sassy. And yeah, the effects were kind of lame. It was more like, hey, we're going to figure it out later. We have, you know, I'm kind of going through the same thing with filming my movie. It's like, yeah, it all looked great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But and yeah, maybe it shouldn't look like uh, sci-fi channel stuff. But I mean, isn't that kind of what video on demand is sort of turned into? Well, to me, to me, what that what this movie specifically like if to get to get into it it just looks like they didn't finish it like they like they were they were working with their effects house and they stopped when it was just good enough 
Could be. And and but I'm well, speculating, hey, but speculate all you want. We'll find out later if we're right. Uh anybody else got anything they want to bring up before we get into final thoughts? Mm. <laughs> A resounding yes from Rose. Well then I'm gonna make you go first. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, this this one I I went into it, yeah, just like you guys like, ooh, Christina Ricci in a horror movie. She's been one of my favorite actresses since I was a kid. Heck yeah, let's go. And yeah, by the third or fourth time they just kind of wash, rinse, repeat the same sequence over and over again. It just it was really, really losing me until the, it tells you what's really going on and you're like oh well that's interesting it that does i think give it some rewatchability i'm I'm definitely going to i haven't yet but to knowing what i know now to be to go back and kind of watch and see how much of that creeps through because i i didn't notice before even before the band-aid got ripped off that each kind of samey sequence, things were getting a little bit more unhinged, and there there were maybe a little hints here and there that something was going on. I just didn't expect that necessarily. Um, so yeah, it's, there's at least maybe one rewatch you can get out of it, but otherwise, it's not that not that great. And yeah, really, it should have been a, just a, a short and a horror anthology. I think then it would have been truly good and truly effective. That said, I think I'm going to give it five out of 10 creepy dishwasher commercials. I'm in about the same place. I will admit that I was angrier with it until the end. Because like some of the reveal and climax here did address some of the things I actually th- I thought were just plain slipshod work, you know, but even given that I would, I would say that this is just a little bit too sloggy and slow and something different could have happened here. They could have actually, you know, I don't know, brought in the ex-husband, something to liven it up instead of just looping through the same stuff. I I just couldn't really get next to it. Um, So I'm going to give it I don't know. I'm going to say uh, six out of 10 times the landlords in this movie clearly fail at um, the the state of due care required of a <laughs> proctor of uh, rental dwellings. Yes. I mean, some of the issues I had with it are kind of addressed in the third act. And I mean, it's Christina Ricci. That's cool. But in the end, it's only slightly better than eh. So. Uh, for me, it's three out of five times that I thought I'm gonna go watch Clue when this is over. <laughs> One of the main things I thought of after watching this was, and like you said, Rose, the twist is really good, I think, but it it really didn't make sense a hundred percent, and I want to go back and rewatch it just so I understand everything. Uh, so I definitely think it's. If you want to watch it, you may have to watch it twice. You know, it's not that it's like super high level or anything. It's just, again, sloppy in execution should have been shorter. I mean, there should have been 20 minutes, you know, or, or a 22 minute episode. I still liked it, though. I still like Christina Ricci. Yeah, the kid kind of sucked, but you work with what you have. Twist is really good. Let's go with six and a half. Was that a Chrysler that she was driving? I don't know. You could do six and a half needle drops for old-timey music. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the greatest hits of the 50s that they kept putting in there. That was, that was <laughs> something else that I meant to bring up is that 
Yeah, they keep playing these 50s and like early 60s songs, but it's the most cliched ones and none of them ever seem to serve any kind of purpose. Like if you're going to do that, have it fit thematically or have it fit literally to the lyrics or be ironic or something. But it's just like, hey, here's Mr. Sandman. Here's Bebop Alula. It has nothing to do with the scene. But you remember this from the 50s? Hey, remember that Fallout game that came out like eight years ago? It's that entire soundtrack. Yeah. Again, I, you know, in some sense, the third act can give you a reason for that. That's true. But it's still just overdone as you're watching it your first time. Well, I still enjoyed my time with it, even though it was really fucking slow. But uh, I'm glad you guys were here to uh, talk about yeah. it. Thanks for thanks for showing up. Yeah, anytime. Good job, team. <laughs>